This episode of Bald Move TV is brought to you by Away Luggage, thoughtful luggage for modern travel. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash baldmove and use promo code baldmove during checkout. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bald Move Television, officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Jim. And I'm Cecily. And I almost had to reboot myself because we're going to be talking about DOS Boot, uh, the Hulu reimagining of the... Uh, classic movie about submarine warfare as oh. pertains to world war ii german what? see i watched a show called dot booty <laughs> so well, we might have different things to talk about this episode that that's that's it surely how that, much that's time that's to spend be, underwater that's got there's got to be a porn version of that right <laughs> oh for sure yeah i think that's what he watched <laughs> uh we're also going to talk a little bit about the new netflix document documentary about the political situation in brazil called the edge of democracy and then cecily's going to try to talk me and jim into the netflix uh uh what, what would you call that uh is it true crime or is it crime no it's a sci-fi? they call it a netflix original foreign drama which is kind of <laughs> broad german but- right Okay. German. It is a German um, series. Is it horror? Because you said True Detective, which is not horror. Well, that's that's part of what I'm going to talk up to you. Okay. okay. She's going to try to talk us up. Because uh, it's we'll, all of the things. We'll, we'll get to that here in a bit. Uh, it's called Dark. I don't know if we actually said that. Did we dark. say Dark? It's Dark. Um, it's Dark, though. Dark Boot. Let's talk about Das Boot up front. Um, Jim and I have seen... I, I'm like I'm like ten minutes short of seeing the the entire second episode. Hmm. Cecily's seen the first episode. Uh, I was really looking forward to this because I enjoyed the original uh, movie and I like naval stuff. I love 18th century Age of Sail. I love uh, Tom Clancy's uh, uh, you know Hunt for Red October. Um, and I was really looking forward to this and I felt like in the first episode, I wasn't sure the show would grab me and the second episode showed me a little bit more, but this is an extremely slow burn for like, I, I guess the original DOS boot was too, but just, just there's not, there's not as much boots as I was expecting. <laughs> Jim, Cecily, what do you think guys think? Yeah, I felt like the first episode was a little too scattershot for me. They kept jumping. They did very short scenes extremely short scenes with a lot of different people many of whom look almost identical out of uniform the captain first lieutenant and the radar officer of the show i think are identical people i i had a very hard time keeping oh that's three separate people (laughs) yes yeah yeah i'm a german american and these guys all look the same (laughs) so i don't it's so it's so bizarre they're all very tall angular and stoic and Mm -hmm. Once they get on the boat and like the captain wears the you know like the, yeah get that the, helped the, a lot the, the, the white hat to denote rank and stuff like I, uh-huh. I I'm 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 getting it but um, I I was doing a little bit of reading because I only watched the first episode but I heard that it's sort of like a prequel and expansion on the original DOS boot uh-huh. and that it obviously would include more women in the story mm-hmm. the sister and an American spy and I'm really interested in where all of that goes. Because yep. in this first episode, are we doing spoilers or not? Not, not yet. yet. There's a woman we're introduced to, the sister of a man who's immediately sent out on... The identical radar officer who's also a captain <laughs> and first, first officer of the show. Oh, ship. is that a different guy? Okay. Sonar officer, I should say. Sonar <laughs> He officer. rose through the ranks very quickly. Uh, he's not a sonar officer. He's like the um, he's the uh, guy that runs the Enigma machine. He's the communications mm-hmm. officer. Yeah. Okay. So Phantom Thread, his sister, she starts 
picking up his communications without knowing what she's doing. Uh And from the very first time she says Heil Hitler and the train scene, I was like, no, there's no way that she's on board with this. But Mm -hmm. there was no room in my mind to allow for the fact that people were on board for this at that time. So we don't really know where her allegiances lie. That's I mean, I think pretty clearly they lie with Nazi Germany. It's just she's having a crisis of consciousness. But now. wouldn't someone who's trying to convince you otherwise also pretty clearly give yeah, you that but impression? Like the whole episode, like it, I don't think they're telling the story of a girl who's being come like join, going there to join a spy network. She got roped in on her brother. Yeah, she got brother. caught up in something that. Oh, I is meant now... not the spy network, but just the resistance to the whole regime. I guess itself. Uh. I mean, I mean, she was very concerned with it being something illegal, you know, mm-hmm. um, when her brother asked her to take on this task. So I, I think she's she's in on it. Um, I don't question her loyalties too much. But I, I also think it's a fundamentally interesting premise, like this idea that she is now caught up in her brother's scheme. She loves her brother. He's been sent out in a boat full of hostiles, as far as I can tell. Um, all, all of it, it builds and 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 creates this atmosphere of drama. Mm-hmm. which is throughout this entire thing. However, I just never could get a grasp on what they were trying to do throughout, especially the first episode. Um, I, I think there were a lot of scenes of like starting to get to know the crew maybe in these mm-hmm. bars and brothels. And like, I don't know why they showed us any of that because we're going to get a lot of fucking time with this crew. Yeah. And, be, and coming up on a this. lot of them look us like when some, one guy came up later and said, called a other person a snitch. I'm like, Oh Jesus, that's the same guy. Like I, and yeah. Then, and also like, um, the first, they had this guy cold open where a U boat gets sunk, uh-huh. which is really well done. But like, I kept on trying to connect that to like, is, is so is this the really famous revered captain? That's the guy's father. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's actually the case anymore after I've seen episode two, huh. but okay. there, yeah, it was this a, it felt oh, a lot like the wire, the first episode of game of Thrones where like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Plus subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Where I can't even, I can't even look up long enough because the subtitles are very quick too. Yes. like the German language uses one word when mm-hmm. we use eight. Right, uh, and so but that word is 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 256 characters long. So it is, but they say it very quickly, yeah. and so the subtitles don't remain on the screen very long. So I'm constantly glued to the subtitle area, which makes which the makes face blindness even yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. So I had a real hard time with this show. I don't think I'm going to continue watching it, even though I think the hook of the story is very strong. I mean, yeah. Anything with World War Two and Nazis and well, resistances so that's, is going to be. But. I did a little bit of reading before because I was familiar with U boat and I want or DOS boat and I wanted to see DOS boot and I wanted to third time's a charm. I wanted to see kind of like what and you know these are based on two novels and I guess DOS boot takes place in forty one where um, I think that the, the the one of the articles I read asserted that it wasn't public knowledge that like concentration camps were being ran or if they mm. were the fact that these were extermination camps wasn't public knowledge yeah um and in 42 which is the they've they've accelerated this by a year um not only were like the losses to the fact that the allies had cracked the enigma sh- machine a lot worse <laughs> yeah which i is, loved that scene where they're like oh we've got the the yeah. code they, they can't yeah, tell what we're I've saying. seen Cumberbatch and what uh-huh. he did to your Enigma machine. So it's like one of those things where you're the omniscient and you're like, haha. Um, but they've moved it to 42, which probably is going to fracture the crew a little bit when this stuff starts, I, I imagine. Hmm. But like, I struggled. I, I guess I just don't know. It, it's not that the show's bad. 
but I'm primed to like it. And I kept on thinking like, this is a really detached, like I'm watching, I, I'm supposed to be rooting for like Lizzie Kaplan and the, the allies. Right. But I'm spending 95% of my yeah. time with very committed Nazis doing Nazi shit. Uh-huh. Like they're pro- I mean, even if they're not actually, they find the whole Jewish question distasteful, they're still fighting the war on that regime's behalf. And I know that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of maybe the same problem I had with the Americans where, uh, and and yet, and, and, um, and even then like the Americans, like a half that team was kind of like split and they had kids. I, I, what is the interest here? What am I supposed to learn about the human condition? I, I mean, yeah, I think that's the whole point is that you're supposed to question whether or not you should just follow orders, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is what these people were doing. Like this young new U-boat captain 316 or something like that was Mm -hmm. just the son of a war hero. And clearly they're almost everyone on this ship is more qualified to be running the ship than he is, Mm -hmm. but he's just following orders and they're just following orders by listening to his orders and what kind of, what kind of bad things are going to happen from that. Yeah, and I, that's the other thing that kind of bugged me in the second episode is that uh, this cap, this young captain, seems like he's so inept at fending off the very obvious undermining that his first officer is doing to him. And I've seen enough of this type of stuff to like, I'm, I, I'm not sure if you're supposed to understand that this guy's inept or unsure of himself, which he seems like he is. Like he had a man executed and then wanted to recant at the last minute, but then he. There's just a lot of just like weird muddy things. Plus, also like he come back to like every time I look at their uniform, it's a fucking swastika. So like, right? Yeah, I I, I don't know, and I and I I think that it's interesting because it's like a joint American European thing, and like maybe it's a good uh, it's a good reminder to like take a look at like how the Nazis operated and how like a lot of stuff they're doing with the Jack and Hagar is very reminiscent of like uh, the lives uh, the lives of others where it's like you know you you're everyone's under surveillance like the fact that you have to show papers when you're traveling and and it's very oppressive and they're torturing people um and but they're doing it like secretly and there's he's no playing, trials I feel or, like he's playing this a lot like Christoph Waltz in um Yeah yeah he's a very band, charming what's but it menace. called Inglorious Bastards yeah. where he's doing this very charming thing and it's like he's going to he's so skilled he's going to leave you an opening that's going to doom you and mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. other people that you don't right. even know you've doomed yet. Right. But it, it's, it's just all very interesting, but it's a very kind of a neutral. And I don't know uh, how this thing is going to shape up at the end. I think this runs yeah. for eight episodes, but I I'm with you. Like, I, I'm not saying that this is a, a wrongheaded project or anything like that. And I can see why it'd be a good idea to revisit the horrors of Nazi Germany. If in every ger- generation should probably get a, f- a good film that does it. Um, I just don't know that I need to watch it. And again, if you're having trouble hooking me, who kind of loves this shit anyway, then you're probably going to have a hard time hooking anybody. Um, I would say that the second episode is definitely better than the first. Yes. Uh, the the they put fun they put hats on to make them all look different. Yeah, and the story just condenses a little in a little bit uh, nicer of a way. There's a lot um, more boot. There's a lot more boot. So if you're thinking, oh, maybe I'll give this a try, I would say give it at least two episodes. That first episode mm-hmm. is kind of rough in, like you said, the wire kind of way yeah. where it's just all over the place. And-, and it's really interesting. Like, you know, there's a couple of like real moral quandaries. Um, and I, there's a lot of like, um, let's talk a little briefly spoilers, like uh, going to your point about Jack and Hagar. Like I thought it was like absolutely chilling 
how he's just sitting there casually watching this woman be tortured. Yeah, I was watching that scene going, could I do that? I don't think I could do right, that. Right, right. Like, I don't I'm, think I could sit in that room and not wince when like, a punch comes Even if the person's like, like a real, like a Ted Bundy, like a serial killer yeah. type, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, isn't the whole point we're better mm-hmm. than the butcher? You know, like, I, uh, yeah, I was, I, I was thinking the same kind of things. Um, there's kind of an interesting thing where this second, this first officer is trying to undermine his captain, and you can kind of see that like maybe um, they're going to set up that the captain's like a coward, or he's going to be like you know white gloved by the higher up Nazis for propaganda purposes, and it's going to further undermine him. But like I just I don't know. Like I was thinking, Jesus Christ, I'd like to see this guy try this shit with Jack Aubrey. One of my like you know, uh, it, it's just like. He just seems like he's completely unable to get this guy to rein in. Um, I, and and I don't know. It's like wartime. Maybe you should just like. I even joked that the towards the end of the first episode, it's like, man, if I was selling this guy, I would have, uh, I would have, I would have done one of those alarm deals. And oh god, the the first officer took a bullet. You know, you guys didn't see it, but there was a. It's like, yeah, just just shoot this guy in the head, throw him off the boat. He's nothing good's going to come from it, and it's kind of somewhat frustrating to see this in that. And again, it's like, okay, this, this captain's going to either going to be an inept loser, which great, he's a Nazi, or he's going to be a very successful U-boat captain, which Jesus Christ, he's a Nazi. <laughs> I I kept on it's 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 not the more I think about it, the more this is very much the Americans where I'm just having a very hard time. You're just fighting that German emotionally engaging of you. with elements of the protagonist as they're being portrayed. Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. And like if and and like I'm not feeling any of the moral quandaries that they're facing themselves into because to me it's like there's easy answers in all this and maybe that's a problem with me being able to empathize or engage but you know I can't I'm trying to think of where in life I'm going to be asked to sympathize with a, a Nazi U-boat captain and the answer is probably zero. So right now and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Watching this this Hulu show. Um, so that's that's it for Das Boot. Um, and then that's where I kept on coming back. Like, if I was going to watch a Hulu war film, I would go back and finish Catch-22 because I was far more engaged and interested. And I thought there was so much more life to that production than there is of this DOS, this kind of dour DOS boot affair. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we, Cecily and I watched Edge of Documentary, which is brief. <laughs> the Edge, Edge of, of Democracy. <laughs> Edge of Democracy documentary which is filmed by this young um, Brazilian filmmaker whose parents were very... It's it's interesting story because her parents were, were um, kind of revolutionary figures, uh, um, overcoming the Brazilian d- dictatorship and, and ushering in um, a wave of, like, free elections. Um, but a lot of their... A lot of her family is on the other side of that argument. And they show, like, a 20-year period of, like, the end of the military regime of Brazil... Um, a very popular president introduced a lot of uh, populist um, uh, policies that seemed to help the, like the poor minorities of Brazil. Him turning things over to a handpicked uh, um, uh, successor, mm-hmm. and then Brazil starts to have a little uh, economic problems, and it turns into a whole referendum of their regime. They undercover a little bit of tr- corruption. Maybe it's trumped up. Maybe it's not. And then they, uh, the last 30 minutes or so is uh, the rise of this um, uh, Bolsonaro. Is that his name? I've, I've, I kind of follow, I've kind of followed this like world news at, at a distance. Uh, Bolsonaro, I think is his mm-hmm. name. And he's, you know, stop me if you heard this. He's a, a right wing, um, very business friendly. He hates uh, uh, gays 
and 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 trans and he thinks uh he, he's also openly threatening the other party the reds um the workers party saying that he's going to drive them out of the country he's going to jail them he gleefully engages in cosplay where they're locking up the former uh, administration uh when he gets elected he like tears apart this effigy of his opponent um it's and it's 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 really kooky and 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 kind of scary um what, and the interesting perspective i love about this documentary is that the documentarian herself is a young woman who was able to be one of the first people to vote mm-hmm. for democracy in and her she country was 19 as a woman when she voted for the first president yeah her parents like you said were freedom fighters who spent a lot of their time in height not in hiding but just disguising their identities because some of their family, their previous family generations were huge contributors to the problems that face Brazil today. So it's it's interesting for her to have this. What she attempts to have is just a, a biased perspective, but also being very forthcoming with her um, own biases and the the family history that she has. But at the same time, it's it's very frustrating because she takes it at a very big picture issue, which was 100% more information than I had going before going mm-hmm. into the documentary about what's facing Brazil, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, as she states, there's a lot of worker issues. There's a lot of um, sexist issues. There's some things going on there. But the biggest issue which faces Brazil, as well as the rest of the world honestly is whoever has the most money controls everything (laughs) yeah and that's just the way it kind of goes Mm -hmm. so you know there's some nuances which you aaron kind of pointed out to me things i didn't know before i watched i didn't know either i just like i i have a when i watch documentaries i'm trying to score like how much am i being snowed over and how much am i being forced a point of view and i noticed that there's like the thing that um, uh, okay, so so the thing that seemed like the start of the downfall of this uh, Luis, um, uh, the, uh, the president and, and his uh, successor, um, was that there, you know, uh, Brazil found out they had one of the largest oil reserves, offshore oil reserves, <laughs> and when the contracts started being given out, there was a standing like one to three percent bribe that was included in that contract that went to the president and some of his people, and the documentary person says that in like a 30 second sequence and then it's never mentioned again. And then they, they highlight, um, like the, the yeah, she does mention that scandal. it's something that everyone does. This person just got persecuted for doing it. Well, what I'm saying is like if you, r- I mean, I'm just arguing the documentarians. Point. Yeah, no, but and she, but I'm saying it's like she very quickly breezed over that and then then highlighted the unfairness of the the show. And it it did look like all that stuff seemed like it was accurate. But I, I kept coming back. It's like, well, wait a second. If you're a workers' party president and you come to power and all of a sudden like $50 million a month starts flowing into your bank account, don't you be like, whoa, what the fuck? And then when people say like, well, you you don't understand, uh, President Luis, like this is just the way things are done. Like, don't you say like, well, fuck, not anymore. This money's going to go in the hospitals. This money's going to go into schools. This money... But they didn't, and like that's the kind of corrupt. But now here's the thing that's bullshit, and I've seen this several times in my own goddamn life. Every single, like every ten years, our country has a recession, right? 
where things kind of roll backwards and like, you know, people point fingers, but like we keep on rolling and no one says like, well, fuck this. We have to can do a com- We have to go a completely different thing. Right. Where like it seems like any time in the world that someone is experimenting with like socialist programs, when there's a recession, it's all about, well, we got to fucking we got to go right back to straight capitalism and all this stuff. <laughs> and that's what it seems like is it, it happened in Brazil. And it seems like actually what happened in like the 70s of our country. In Vietnam. Like we had the Great Depression that kicked off like a 30, 40 year of roughly progressive policies in the United States. Then we had some foreign policy blunders. We had a softening comedy. We had an energy crisis crisis and then everyone's like well we got to get we got to go back to pro business friendly and we've had 20 30 years of that and now we've had success in of recessions we have a a a problem with income inequality we have a problem with people being able to get access to the health care they need we have problem with people being able to afford any kind of education but no one ever like well i think it's happening now but like very few people in the recessions have ever sat and thought like what are we doing you know, like what, 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 what have we gotten away? And I just feel like that's the thing. It's like, yes, there was corruption, and I, I, but it's it's inexplainable and excusable. I don't because the the problem is these people left themselves open because they were hypocrites. Like they're 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 taking the bribe and the dole, and the turn is that yeah. they couldn't get him for that because they they had this big uh, corruption investigation, the car the car wash project, right? Mm-hmm. They were trying to get all the grime and dirt. Um, and they couldn't get the pres- the former president and the current president on these because they were legal. They were contracts that were signed, and this was it's not like this was like this was a legal thing. They couldn't get him that, so they tried to get him on these other stuff. And I'm like, I don't. Is it that hard to find a leader that just like when someone shows up with a bag of fifty million dollars to be like, I'm not going to do it. I'm already living in this palace. I already yeah. have limos. I mean, I have if- helicopters. I have armed guards. I have everything I need. So I'm going to make sure this money finds its way to the people and become a fucking hero. I don't. I'm sure. Th- I mean, I get that, but I also, I also think that there is, and I'm not saying it's 100% nobility and self-sacrifice on the on the backs of these people. Like, but this mm. one uh, woman was tortured for 22 days in jail when she was a resistance fighter. Mm -hmm. And then she's forgotten all of this when she's gotten all of this money. But the point that Lula, the president that basically instilled her before that, he was a workers party um, representative that was the first person to get his foot in that door. And what she's arguing is that he made some compromises to accept money or let P or, you know, make some compromises with the PMDB, which is the other major party in the Brazil. It's more pro business. Right. Exactly. More elite. So that these people are making these compromises, which are self beneficial. Absolutely. But I think are necessary to sort of bridge that gap because you can't go from all of this huge, powerful money backed corruption to just the way things should be in a fair, equal way. And I'm not saying that any of these people are heroes or saints for doing that, but them making those, them have taking those actions and making those choices are a bridge to the future because it allowed for this documentary to be made. It allowed for people like me and you to understand what's going on there. It's a cautionary tale for all other countries that have maybe an up and coming democracy that they could learn from. Um, well, because that's the other thing is Brazil's not like a banana republic. It's mm-hmm. a big ass country with a lot of people. It's very modern. It was at one point the seventh largest economy in the world at and the very at, new at the height to the of their economic game. power, which yeah. was just like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like this is uh, 
this is a country to be taken seriously and you can draw a lot of parallels and um I just thought it was striking that this uh Bolsonaro coming to power and and lionizing the previous the mili- the, the military dictators that you know would 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 uh, extrajudicially steal people off the street and torture them and he's saying this is what we need to go back to because this is what socialists and communists deserve and it remi- it reminds me a lot of like you see some of the edgier places online talking about uh you know, given free helicopter rides to socialists, which is a, a reference to Pinochet's regime where they would take suspected uh, socialist and communist revolutionary worker parties types and take them up in a helicopter and just throw them out at 5,000 feet. Oh, yeah. I saw that on Narco season two, I think. Yeah. So like there's <laughs> there are and then that's happening like you go there. They're like, I'll just you go to like a Trump rally and you can buy a T-shirt that says free Pinochet helicopter rides. Mm hmm. And I don't know, like, I don't know what, what power Trump has to control that stuff. I imagine it's a lot, but even if, even if these guys were like on the sidewalk across the street from his rallies and just kind of like wink, wink selling, like, do you not have a responsibility to condemn that type of thing? And I'll say the same thing. Like if, like if there's people setting up shop selling guillotine, the rich t-shirts across from a Bernie Sanders rally, I think Bernie Sanders should probably shut that shit down and, and speak out about it. But the fact that this guy's is gleefully supporting it um it 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 was it was scary and shocking and it also just seems like a lot of the stuff that we're going to be seeing in this election cycle that's starting to heat up right now right but uh, i think that all of these documentaries coming out all of these things that are sort of illuminating that it's not just an american issue that we're facing as americans it's something that's happening around the world and that is you can't just take things at face value and accept what you're being told and this does not equal bad this does not equal good Mm -hmm. you have to make an educated decision because it's not black and white Mm -hmm. um yeah that's the thing like i i I have no idea how to like this this is not an impartial documentary but um i'm pretty comfortable saying that bolsonaro is pretty bad dude just on the whole locking up people and persecuting your political opponents (laughs) and um you know, just his stance on homosexuals and transsexuals and the the extreme rhetoric around religion and cloaking like this. They're, they're going to this guy when he eventually goes down, you're going to that, that's the other irony is like um, these worker party types and their bribery, whatever they were accused of, and whatever they actually did. I guarantee this Bolsonaro guy is going to be like 15 times worse if you're and that's the other thing is like as soon as the project car wash got the desired result which was ousting these presidents putting them in jail uh, making them political pariahs suddenly oh we don't need it anymore because all the corruption's done so let's shut it all down let's dismantle these laws so these commissions Mm -hmm. can't because like it's just a waste of time it's you know rules for thee not 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 for me kind of thing um but yeah it's uh it's I'm I'm curious. It got a lot of coverage and a lot of buzz. I hope a lot of people watch it because um, it's definitely uh, if if you you know you, even if you don't like follow the nits nit, nitty gritty of the the and I find it very kind of hard to follow the nitty gritty of the Brazilian political process. I found myself rewinding a lot and be like, okay, what did they just say? And um, you know who because they do a lot of recorded phone conversations where it's just people's names, and I'm like, okay, this was this guy again. Um, just the broad strokes and just seeing like the political climate there comparing the political climate um, in our country and a lot of these a lot of the countries around the world, you know, like there are a lot of stresses globally with, um, you know, uh, the, the immigration, migration, refugees, um, economy, uh, the economic instability, 
Um, and anytime there's this concern, there is, it seems like there's a tendency for, huma- the, for humans to want to run to like perceived strength and security. And they're the, 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 the parties that say, absolutely, we are right. And we have a plan and we are strong and we are firm, look more attractive than the parties being like, gee whiz, this is a very complicated issue that has to be attacked in a multifat. Like y- when a, in a crisis situation, <laughs> the one party looks like the one that knows what the fuck is going on, even though they might be completely wrong. And the party's like, oh, you know, it just depends. They're the ones that get fucked. And um, I mean, you can just see it happen around around the world. But um, it's interesting. And it was uh, it, it felt like it was a lot shorter than it was. It's a two hour documentary. But like it kind of goes at this kind of relentless pace. And this woman's got this um, very odd, detached narration from she's it, got like, a great like lilting voice. She could do great ASMR, I think. Right, but it sounds like she's delivering like someone just went in there and clubbed her, and she's like, you know, she just came to in the booth, and she just she just achieved consciousness in the booth, and she's just like, what has happened? I don't understand. Look at this, and it's a kind of a haunting quality to it. No, you didn't think you didn't get that. I, uh, that description plus the word haunting, I don't think are the same thing. <laughs> I don't okay. think she sounded like she was clubbed. She but. sounded like the she sounded like okay. She sounded like she just stumped. She just immediately got out of a a, a good sized car accident. And like she's a, kinda, or a really intense Pringles binge. Really maybe. intense Pringles binge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ate the whole can. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. It's got too much Olestra. It's probably it's not helping. Yeah. Uh, do you have any? Do you have anything else you want to? That's it. I'll, that's all I've got for that one. Before we talk about the next show, I want to talk about away luggage. Uh, Away is thoughtful luggage for modern travel. Away knows everyone has different travel styles. That's why they make their carry-ons in a variety of colors, two sizes, two materials, a strong yet flexible polycarbonate, which is the one that I have, and anodized aluminum. Uh, Their carry-on luggage boasts a lightweight and durable shell that's made to last for a lifetime of travel, a 100-day trial that lets you try the Away case for uh on the road a limited lifetime warranty means they'll replace your bag if it ever gets damaged built-in compression system to help you pack more in uh four 360 degree spinner wheels guarantee a smooth ride a tsa approved combination lock keeps your belongings safe uh it has an optional ejectable battery to keep your phone charged and removable laundry bag to separate your dirty clothes from your clean clothes and if you don't have enough space to carry on guess what they make the aptly named bigger carry-on, which increases internal capacity from 40 liters to 48. Uh, we've that's, had s- that's like 600 square feet, right? The, I, I think the conversion for liters is it's it's four more two liters of coat capacity. Okay, yeah, right? I can't tell you for sure how many square feet, but I'm pretty sure it's like a baseball stadium. Um, Cecily. You and I have had our luggage for... I've had my luggage for a while. Jim, you've actually had one of the earlier, for like, first-generation cases yeah. for years. Uh, what's, what's, what, 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 what do we think? I'm looking forward to traveling this Wednesday for the first time with my luggage. It has a removable battery, and it came with ports so that I can plug any of my electronics into any kind of European or international port I could possibly think of. Yeah, the charging thing comes with like free, like international conversion. Every weird system of prongs and polarity and voltage you can think of. They those got things a pack are actually pretty expensive. I can't believe that they pack those in with yeah. this. Right. Um, yeah. I think they're. I this is the best luggage I've ever had. I've had a decent amount of luggage. I do a decent amount of travel. Um, this thing is just so much fun. The fact that the wheels, like, I didn't think that'd be as big of a feature as it is, but the fact that you can like 
flip up the wheel and go like long and skinny or you can go broad and wide for stability and like it, you can kind of dance with it at a gate if you're bored because <laughs> it does like nice little pirouettes and stuff i and took it to a wedding last weekend and it killed that's right that's right it was my plus one um i yeah i i think i'm uh, uh, the fact it's got the detachable battery is really cool because it's invariably you know whenever we're traveling you, you're you're out and you're taking pictures and you're doing video with your cell phone and then you're you can't you're, you run out of juice well now you can uh, uh charge up to two different things it's like a ten thousand milliamp capacity so it can charge a, a, a like a modern uh iphone uh three or four times easily oh, yeah. hmm. um so on your next getaway Remember, getting away means getting more out of your trips to come. For $20 off your suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash baldmove and use promo code baldmove during checkout. Once again, if you want to get the best suitcase I've ever had, I can pack a week, a week's worth of clothes in this thing, this compression system, and get $20 off, visit awaytravel.com slash baldmove and use promo code baldmove during checkout. All right, are you, are you, are we ready to hear this pitch for dark? Okay, so... Season two uh, apparently came out today on Netflix. I watched the first couple of episodes when it came out in 2017, I think, was the end of 2017. I watched the first couple of episodes and just didn't come back due to lack of time, not interest. Mm -hmm. But it's also a German subtitled show, which I think is a a turnoff immediately for a lot of people. If they know it's going to be subtitled, because even if I turn on dubs, it's not going to be lined up with our mouths and it's going to take me out of the the whole experience. But I, I, I watched it. I kind of pressed through in the last week and it has been quite an experience. There's I feel like um, are you familiar with Stefan from Weekend Update on SNL? You know, the Bill yeah, Hader Bill character Hader's... that goes like this, like. Oh, yeah, hottest nightclub in New yes. York City is I feel like Doss I want to do that when I pitch this to you guys. Like uh-huh. this show has everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's 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 got a lot of like teenage relationships that are handled quite well. It's like it's like kids on bikes explore time travel. That's what I had heard is that it's a time travel like science fiction kind of thing but with like a dark aesthetic yeah i i watched the first two episodes of first season like jim it's not that i wasn't i didn't see it wasn't i thought it sucked it's more of like this is good but i have zero time to watch it right now right i thought and it reminded me like i I heard like a german stranger things that's fundamentally Mm -hmm. darker and more serious it doesn't have any older kids yeah 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 yeah, yeah, like a late teen stranger things right and appropriately more mature right it's um it's yeah, it's got a lot of that that timey wimey elements. It's got I, I I could compare it to any number of shows that I know you guys already watch and like, like those things. Um, it's I can say that it's got time travel handled in a way that I haven't seen done as complicated, but also deftly as this one does. Like they they make it very complicated. There's people there's stories like coming back in on themselves, where in other shows I could see it making you think like wait 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 this doesn't add up i have to do this complicated math in my mind just to understand the story but Mm -hmm. it lines it up and well enough that you just know what's happening okay that's good to hear yeah without holding your hand too much or being too obvious with flashbacks and things like that you can accurately assume or predict or understand the characters that you've seen in the past or the future presently who they are in the past or the future presently now when you see them Uh uh-huh 
interacting with each other. Um, those inferences, there's enough groundwork laid that you can just understand what's going on, which is helpful in a show that's working with such complicated dynamics. They do do the thing where they have some educated person at some point in time, whether it be a police officer or someone who makes movements on watches and clocks explaining how time works in a voiceover type of deal. Mm -hmm. But I think that's all perfectly fine. Um, This show has made me feel the entire spectrum of human emotion. All right. You will feel about every single character, whether it's a small child or a fully grown adult man with dementia, you will think that they are the biggest piece of shit on the planet, but also the saint of the world. Because that's just human. I mm-hmm. think you can be all of those things at any given time, just depending on the choices you make. And you're not always going to make the right choices. And maybe that'll define you. Maybe it won't. But they're all choices you're making. And it's also a compelling character drama in that way. Did, like, the, did, did the characters because I, I did the characters make consistently smart decisions or like at least understandable decisions? Yes. All of the choices are super consistent okay. with the characters themselves. Because that's the one thing that drives me crazy about like kind of horror spooky shows is when, you know, they just have people doing dumb shit. I will say that the first three episodes spent a lot of time in that character land and I could see that turning off people like you guys where you're waiting for them to get into like the interesting gripping stuff. Mm-hmm. They they build those relationships first and then you can start to understand. I mean that's the groundwork I'm, I was speaking of that helps you understand later. Um, but yeah I think it's super interesting. I've yeah, there was a lot of points where, like, every single episode, they're each about, like, 45 minutes to an hour long. I think every single episode is expanded upon the narrative. None of that time has felt wasted to me. Yeah. Um, maybe a couple of points I was able to say, like, I saw that coming, but they said for sure this is what happened in this episode kind of thing. Like, the three-step reveal. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem like any time was really wasted. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm totally cool with knowing where something is going as long as it's serving servicing the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh that's kind of its primary mission. Uh I don't know. This is this is a thing that from the description of it, it sounded like I would be super into it. I watched one episode. I don't even remember why I didn't watch future episodes. I might not have been into a subtitled drama at that point. Like just something about it. I think if I just think back at that time, there was just a lot of stuff that came out that exact same time. There was, it was like around the time of OA and like I, I watched most of season one of that. Um, yeah, there, there was a lot of stuff going on then. It's interesting because like I, you mentioned the thing about the subtitles and I've never like minded subtitles. Um, I, you know, I talked about DOS speed is a little bit challenging when you're having trouble with the people's faces or, you know, it, it's it's it makes it that much harder to to get down to characters when you have a giant mm-hmm. cast of characters. It gives me new found respect to people that I guess watch Game of Thrones or The Wire and they don't have dubs; they just have subtitles. Like, wow, mm-hmm. it probably took you six episodes to get into it, other than three. But um, I didn't think that would be a super common um, sentiment in like bald move. But like, there was a thread a couple weeks ago that was about Chernobyl loosely, and I was surprised at how many people. Uh, said they just don't like subtitled films, subtitled content. That's hmm. crazy because I, even if it's 
English that I can understand perfectly. I'm watching everything with subtitles on because I like the fact that sometimes things are picked up in the background, mm-hmm. maybe, or maybe there's a word I miss and I could just quickly look down and see what the word was that they used and I don't have to rewind and it's an efficiency thing for me, guys. But I, also, my brother worked at Blockbuster in 2007, 2008, when Pan's Labyrinth came out. And they were required as Blockbuster employees to let the person know that the movie was only huh. available in subtitles. Uh-huh. And he said that like 75% of the people said, no, never mind. You guys keep it. I'm not going to check this movie out. Yeah, I I just think it's hard it splits your focus and that's not something that I particularly enjoy. Um, it's something that I will sort of suffer through if I think something is good or if I think I'm really going to be interested in something. Uh, but it definitely splits my focus. And now I can't pay attention to the facial expressions of these characters, which say so much more in some cases than the dialogue that they're speaking. So like, I, I find that it diminishes my enjoyment of something, although it doesn't mean I certainly won't enjoy it. It just means, I'm gonna have to work a little harder for it and and if you know if it's a week where i'm like ah, i don't really just i don't want to engage with the subtitle thing right now uh yeah. i might totally miss it because netflix is going to drown me in content the next week i, wish and I haven't watched this show with uh dubs on so i'm not sure how good or accurate they are but like i watched layla with dubs uh-huh. last week yeah i did too uh i watched Jin. it was not good with dubs Right, because even sometimes I I still have to because they have the the English speaking actors still have the accents a lot of the times. I think that's good. Yeah, that's um, great, but you know it still it still has me like paying attention to the landscape and the environment. And there's also a completely different kind of like culture that you're dealing with too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this show has the most amount of casual face slaps and hard face slaps to anyone I've ever seen. It seems perfectly acceptable nice. to just slap a police officer because they arrested someone or slap a pl- or slap someone that you just had sex with because maybe you weren't happy with it. I don't know. There's so many slaps. Because they didn't slap you hard enough during it. So. Yeah, right. there you go. Right. You got it. That's what you like. Uh, that's how you ask for a manager at a restaurant <laughs> in Germany. You just slap somebody. Oh, excuse me. I'll get the, and then, of course, you know, the manager has to initiate the slapping protocol. Right, they right. slap you and you slap them back. And then the there's, negotiations There's nuances begin. you lose in the dubbing. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I was thinking as you guys were talking about this, like, would a silent movie type of thing work better where you like get five seconds of the scene and then it pauses and then shows you the dialogue that you saw and then it keeps <laughs> uh-huh. going kind of like how in the old what you'd see a guy deliver a line and they'd show you the title cards and then because you're right that Maybe? is the, that's the only thing i don't like about subtitles is the yeah. fact that i can um, I'm enjoying the like uh, the tone of their voice, and that adds to the performance. But I'm missing half of what they're doing facially because mm-hmm. I um, am, am, am split between watching. And, the- and with someone who's speaking a different language, you don't get a lot of the emotion from the actual spoken words. Yeah, because some of the languages have different cadences. Exactly. And- so you're not reading their language as well. So you really got to read their face and. It's just hard when you're reading a line of text. Yeah. It's yeah, I would say I would argue it's the opposite for this show. Like I could I think I could go with a lot of these scenes not even reading the dialogue and I understand what's happening because mm. Yeah. Because not only is it really well written, but all of the actors themselves are I haven't seen them in much of anything else, but I think they're doing their best work here. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I wonder, like, I, sometimes I wonder, um, after having this discussion about subtitles and stuff, like, maybe, because I know we've we've covered a lot of uh, subtitled stuff on Bald Move TV, or, like, are we barking mm-hmm. up the wrong TV? Because, like, I, mean, I loved Kingdom, and it seemed like a lot yeah. of people enjoyed that. That did... Kingdom, Layla, Jen, The Dark, The, the Break is an, a French detective show I've been watching. Uh-huh. I feel like that this language barrier shouldn't be a barrier to us covering really great television, Yeah, mm-hmm. but it still is stigmatized, kind of. Yeah, yeah we try be, not to let it be. I also think that maybe one of the, since you do tend to watch English-speaking stuff with subtitles, I think there is a skill to it. Like yeah. the like if the first couple of times it's more of a slog because it like the shifting your focus back and forth, back and forth is like not natural. But like the fact that you do it all the time and I've kind of had to do it too because <laughs> I, know, I live with you. Um, I do think you get better at it. You do. I mean, maybe I, you just get used to it. Like I said, my brother used to work at Blockbuster. So uh, somebody, a certain person in this room built their horror bones on just watching only like Korean, Japanese mm-hmm. horror movies. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Those are the best and the scariest shit I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I just I think I just have a propensity to it just yeah. from practicing, I guess. And well, it's not something I can tell you just go out there and do. But I think Dark is one of the shows that if you need to look over it, I think you should do it for. I think horror and action films are the genres that are the more six. And then it's it's interesting because like that's the reason the like big dumb action films do well overseas is because they're, they don't have a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just watch the action. I think horror movies are the same. It's like, I don't yeah. think this is like a stupid American thing. I just think it's like around the world. It's annoying to have to read subtitles. So yeah, like, no, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to imply that. You, you got it. No, I'm, but I mean, like, I think that a lot of people like you, you get there, you know, I've been around like serious film people enough to know there is a little chauvinism there. It's like, Oh, if you're not going to the art theater and watching a, uh, subtitled French film once a month, and are you even really going to the cinema at all, good boy? Uh, but I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I think that like horror and action make a lot of sense because those things typically don't have a lot of dialogue and they have a lot more going. Whereas like um, something as conversational and like uh, intricate as like Das Boot, for example, a little bit rougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all right, yeah, that's my pitch. I I can't speak for the second season, but the first season has been amazing. So, oh, you haven't even started in the second season? No. Okay, how many episodes? Uh, the first season had ten. Oof, I was hoping to be <laughs> one of those four, <laughs> four bangers. <laughs> oh, it's good. Like I said, not a not a second wasted. Um, past like the fourth episode, towards the end of each episode, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. It makes you feel like a, a detective, but also at the same time you're having your mind blown. Nice. Oh, uh, but I guess- I'm not even without telling you guys all of the spoilers. I'm not even telling you 75 percent of the insanity that I want to tell you about. It's a great show. Please watch. Um, Somebody talk to me on the forums about it. Forums.baldmove.com. <laughs> Started a thread this morning. <laughs> Organic topic that I'm injecting at the last minute. Um, we just finished season two of the ha- good place mm-hmm. what what uh, i don't uh, know which place are you in right now i don't know are you in a medium I, place i love the first season and they throw a giant curveball at the end of the first season and then towards the middle of the second season i started to get back into because i fundamentally like the characters but 
I, 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 and it's so weird because I went and I'm like, well, maybe I'm crazy. And I went to look at like Metacritic and some of these others and every, the ratings for every season get higher. Like season one is like an 80%. Season two is like 90%. Season three, something ridiculous, like 95%. And I'm like, am I? Cause I felt like at the end of the season two, I felt like the thing, the show was kind of starting to run out of gas, run out of steam. Yeah. But, like a lot of our fans and the forum people, all, everyone's been telling us we have to watch it and it's so good. And I first season, I'm like, yeah, I totally get, I totally mm-hmm. get, and uh, but then the second season came around, and it's just, I, it's just really, really different. And about the only thing I'm really consistently enjoying is the Janet character, um, because I just think she's really, really interesting, and like she's, she, her she's name's not a robot. Darcy as... Carden, and you might recognize her as like the the needy suck up from Barry. Well, I've seen part of the Good Place. Oh yeah. So okay. is she like the thing? She's the a robot entity lady. that comes not in. She's not a robot. Yeah. She's not a lady. Okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The formless void, yeah. Uh-huh. I love that's one of my. The, I love how like every time people describe her in the background, she's like, she's like, I like that. You know, it's like uh, the what the, a nice lady. Not a lady. Not a lady. You know, the robot. I'm not a robot. Not a yeah, it's like it's. She's just a construct of knowledge. She's super interesting, and what they're doing with her character. And I'm I'm kind of a like you know, if you're a long term bald move listener, um, these type sort of not robot characters, I have a weird affinity for. Um, and I'm really enjoying her in the same kind of way I enjoyed seeing Data go from season one Data to like season six and there was there is it six or seven? Did I think there were seven. Yeah. Seven and then the movie like I enjoyed the in that arc and I'm I'm seeing that same thing happen happen with her. Hmm. Um, but I yeah I don't know I I guess that's the other thing on the forums is like is they do this thing where she's I don't think this is a spoiler to say that she's a program so she gets updated. So they have this built-in way to make her more um, personified, I guess, to have more and more human characteristics because every time she gets a reboot or an update, she's more human because she's learned from up, us. Up, update hmm. herself, yeah. So it gives this like excellent comedian a way to flex those skills. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess if, if I would love to hear like I like I don't really care if you loved all of season one and all of season two and it's and you still love season three. Like I, I guess I'd really like to hear people that were like unsure at the end of season two or kind of like because like that's where I'm at. I'm not, and I didn't feel this way at the end of season one as I was like all on board. But like season, but I felt this way very early in season two, and that never really went away. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I I did enjoy where they're taking Janet, and that's about it. So. Uh, little bit of uh, a good place um i definitely you know i definitely think i'm gonna go ahead and try a couple episodes of season three but i can see like three episodes in and they're only 20 minutes long three episodes in if i'm still feeling this way i think i'm going to drop it maybe so. um i just don't think i have time for like sitcom situational kind of stories that can go on forever and they can loop back in on themselves and like how i met your mother or (laughs) friends i never watched that but those things that can just go on perpetually forever you can tell me it's a great show but then i look it up and i see it's got six seasons i'm like there's no end in sight i'm I'm not even gonna start yeah Uh, lost might be the only exception so that's that's worth like going back and watching um Anything else we want to talk about? Nope. No. All right. If you'd like to send us feedback, uh, also, yeah, I'll be checking the mailbox because uh, I want to see. I, I've, I've baited a bunch of feedback. So TV at baldmove.com or you can go on the forums, forums.baldmove.com to discuss any of these episodes that you'd like. Uh, we'll be back. Actually, we're not going to be back next week. 
Uh, next week, we're going to take Bald Move TV off because Cecily and I are traveling on vacation. But we'll probably be back the week after that to see what to do a roundup of what we missed and see what new television um, is coming out that week. I know a big one, Stranger Things, mm-hmm. we're going to have full coverage of. Uh, so don't forget about that. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you next time.